When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show, excited to rewatch and recap it along the way. This week we are excited to be back and recapping Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 15, titled Lost and Found. The Netflix bio for this episode is Rory panics when she realizes she's lost the bracelet Dean made for her. When Lorelai spots someone in Rory's room, she makes acquisition accusations of theft. I wonder who that someone could be. <laughs> right. <laughs> so sorry to everybody about our impromptu break, but you know, things happen. And also I apologize for my voice. I have been sick. That was part of the reason for the break. Mm-hmm. And my voice is still recovering. So sorry about that. But we're yes. back. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Me and too. how do you feel about this episode being the one that we're returning to? I'm pretty excited about it. It's got a lot of juicy stuff in it and it has a lot of dress, which is always mm-hmm. nice. And a lot of like, I'm pretty confident we'll have similar Friday night dinners for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a good one. For me, it felt I did enjoy it, and I know we'll have a lot to talk about, but I did identify it as a bit of, like, a filler episode, which I mean in the kindest way possible, but I felt very much like we're in this, like, in-between space, like, in-between mid-season and late-season, and it's like, I'm just ready for some resolution, you know? I want the stuff to build (laughs) and come to something. We'll get there. (laughs) Yeah, at this point, we're just, like slowly etching away at some tension Mm -hmm. with some pretty weird little plot lines (laughs) and we'll get into that momentarily but before we do that why don't we try out our talking fast segment okay i admit it's been a little while since i watched this episode so we'll see how i do (laughs) see what i remember okay okay three two one go So we start off with some dirty gutters, and uh, Luke convinces Lorelai to hire Jess to clean out the gutters, which means that Jess and Lorelai will have to talk to each other, and also that Jess and Rory can flirt with each other. Rory has lost uh, Dean's bracelet, and Jess stole it a couple episodes ago, and so there's some drama around that. Also, at the same time, Luke is looking for new apartments because he and Jess are living in squalor and uh okay yeah I forgot a lot of things (laughs) that's perfectly fine Um, I liked the squalor that's a good way to describe their apartment yeah that's what I tell my cats every time I look around and all I see is their toys (laughs) and like clearly need to vacuum I'm just like we're living in squalor (laughs) okay are you ready for your turn as I'll ever be okay And 
go. This episode happens over two days and the problems are the gutters that need to be cleaned and the apartment hunting that needs to happen and the bracelet that is lost. So there's, you know, a lot of tension in between those things. Like you said, Rory and Jess flirting. Why does she care so much? Why does he need to be friends with her mom? Um, Dean being sad and angsty about the bracelet being lost. Uh, Lorelai helps Luke. She pretends to be his wife. Subtle. Um, then Luke buys the building to say they own the apartment. Ah. <laughs> I just started to throw in some like extra details. <laughs> I completely forgot about the Taylor stuff. That's pretty great. We'll get to that for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's slow down. Definitely. So in our cold open, I actually have my Lorelai's closet right at the very beginning. I did as well. <laughs> For Lorelai is wearing like a t-shirt with a cat picture on it. Like not a cartoon cat, but an actual like photographic cat picture. But it has a tiara on it and some like little rhinestones and stuff. I'm pretty sure I had a purse when I was in like fourth grade that had the same image on it. Do you think she bought that from Le Chat Club? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I nominated her as well for Lorelai's Closet because of the t-shirt, but I also thought it was, like, complimented by the rest of her outfit, which was, like, a puffy, light blue winter jacket, and then when she takes that off later at Luke's, you see she's wearing, like, a zip-up pink sweatshirt-type outfit, and it was just so Lorelai all in all, and also it was a cold open. They were wearing winter coats, I noticed, so it was... Puts the cold in cold open. <laughs> but I liked the outfit. And I didn't really notice any other standout fashion moments in the rest of the episode. Yeah, me neither. I noticed Rory is wearing a jacket that's almost like the signature Lorelei mm. uh, corduroy jacket. Just a different cut. But that was the only other thing I noticed. <laughs> I suppose it was like this episode did happen over such a short period of time that they literally didn't have much time to show us many other outfits you know that's true (laughs) yeah we didn't get like three friday night dinners or anything yeah this like this cold open which transitions into the following scene at luke's sets up the stakes of one of the major problems of the episode and the stakes are not that high (laughs) this time (laughs) around it's that lorelei like injured herself on a ladder trying to clean her gutters and need someone to help her with the gutters and I don't I don't know about you but I can't imagine any world in which Lorelai would actually try to clean her own gutters so I almost wonder is it all a ruse did she put that (laughs) like (laughs) bandage around her hand to say that she fell off a ladder or something when really it's mostly just to make an opportunity to ask Luke to do it. This might be a conspiracy, but, like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, especially with the way Rory was treating her, which is pretty much just teasing her the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lorelai's not much of a handy person, as we know. (laughs) I'm not either. So I speak from experience in, like, saying I would probably do a lot to try to get someone... I wouldn't know the first thing about cleaning my gutters. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. I would probably try and do it. Mm. And it would probably take me like 
seven hours where it could have taken somebody taken somebody else like two hours yeah just because I would be that stubborn (laughs) just like Jess he was very efficient and he was slowed down by the fact that he had to return a stolen bracelet halfway through but (laughs) that's getting ahead um we also find out that there's some drama going on with Luke and Jess. Mm-hmm. So we first get a clue of this because Caesar is cooking, and it's definitely not the Caesar that we come to know later in seasons. Right now, it's just like an extra. Um, but Lorelai goes up to Luke's apartment to find where he is so that he can come and make the good food. Mm-hmm. And we hear him before we see him, and he's like yelling and banging around in the apartment. And it's a mess in there. It's got like, I don't know, it looks like a hoarding situation because <laughs> Jess's stuff is everywhere. There's still boxes everywhere. There's like books and clothes and stereo and just like, it's a mess. You can't even see the floor, which does remind me of my brother's bedroom <laughs> when they were teenagers. <laughs> but, but we find out, so... There's also my Jess sass attack moment in this because he does, like, burst out of the bathroom where he's been for way too long. Luke asks him what he's been doing in there or why it's been taking so long. And he says his hair just isn't bouncing and behaving today. Um, (laughs) It was just perfect sassiness. (laughs) Yeah. In response, Lorelai tells Luke his people skills are really improving. (laughs) Yeah, he did say a complete sentence, mm-hmm. which she hasn't heard often. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, like, the pure amount of stuff just filling this room. Sa- like, it's like there's no... Luke keeps protesting, like, I just need to tidy up or clean, you know, but there's no space for all of this stuff that Liz has sent mm-hmm. over of, like, all of Jess's stuff and... That, you know, that is the problem to move forward from there, uh, this issue <laughs> between the two of yeah. them and their space. It's also just astounding that Liz shipped all that. It must have been so expensive. And she, like, potentially cleaned out Jess's room, which mm-hmm. sounds like a hazard to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's so it's a mess in there. We pick up again later that day. Pretty much in a direct follow-up to Lorelai's discovery of Luke's apartment because she's walking by the diner once again with Rory. They're picking up ice cream for their movie night and Lorelai looks in the window and sees Luke sitting downstairs in the diner rather than in his apartment and he is sitting watching some kind of sports event (laughs) on the smallest tv i think i've ever seen it has like a tiny little antenna it's in black and white the quality is not very good that's like the palm of my hand like that's how big this tv is (laughs) and of course like this catches lorelei's attention and she goes in to stage a bit of an intervention with luke to kind of give him the advice that You should not have to live in these conditions. You should not have to watch TV on a TV this small. You and Jess need more space. You need to go apartment hunting, basically. And Luke is, like, putting up a lot of protests about this, but I think we'll see later on that he takes her advice. Yeah, there's really no way for him not to take it. Like, that living situation was just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. 
And his little TV reminds me of one my mom had when I was growing up in her workroom. His was probably a bit smaller. His was like, I don't know, four by four or something. <laughs> Inches, so not tiny. <laughs> yeah. But hers was like black and white also. And she would watch. I don't remember what she even watched because she's not much of a TV person. But she'd like watch while she sewed and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just always seemed like so. It, it's so different than how we have TVs now. And even as a kid, it was so different from the t- like the TV we had in our family room and stuff. It's just like so old fashioned. <laughs> yeah, it looks comical. <laughs> yeah, I will say though, I don't think Luke's only problem is lack of space or organization. I think he also needs to work on setting some ground rules with just yeah. still, uh, which is interesting because they seem to be getting along better, but. Luke's complaint is that he can't, like, be upstairs because Jess is there with the stereo blasting and whatnot. And it's like, Luke, there is a way to solve that problem that isn't just getting a new apartment. Although, of course, that would help them a lot. (laughs) I was surprised Lorelai didn't bring that up. I was kind of happy, actually, that she didn't bring it up, though, because, you know, her getting involved doesn't always work out well for all of them. Yeah, she needs to stop giving parenting advice to everybody but we also finally get luke suggesting that maybe jess could clean come and clean the gutters which lorelei tries her best to avoid Mm -hmm. by like coming up with all the list of other people that she potentially uh, had asked to come and clean them and was waiting to hear back obviously none of that had happened but that gives us the other plot point that's gonna bring jess and rory and lorelei into each other's spheres which of course is gonna be some drama right and as Lorelai and Rory are walking away from Luke's Rory picks up on how reluctant Lorelai is to agree to this and Rory is like incredibly defensive of Jess she's really advocating for him here and it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And Lorelai picks up on this and asks this question that I think was on my mind as well, which is why is it so important to Rory that Lorelai likes Jess? And it's yeah. a bit, you know, strange for her to be this defensive of Jess and Lorelai is like, you guys aren't dot, dot, dot. And Rory can barely even admit that they're friends she's like we're not close friends we're more friend ish and it's just like do a little bit of self-reflecting Rory my Mm -hmm. friend like I imagine you're quite you know good at analysis and critical thinking at school (laughs) but like apply it to your own life please and just admit the feelings are there yeah and you can always tell because she starts to like ramble and makes no sense and Mm -hmm stares off at her feet and stuff (laughs) but she'll have this same conversation a little bit later with Jess which I thought was a Mm -hmm. great parallel between the two of them and also like just showing how similar Jess and Lorelai are again which we've mentioned before we also have a great Stars Hollow moment it's not my Stars Hollow moment for the episode but we pass Miss Patty on a golf cart yelling at a group of speed walkers <laughs> um, to, about, like, keep going, like, uh, I don't know, no pain, no gain type of thing. And yeah. she's sitting on the golf cart 
smoking her cigarette and it's just wonderful hilarious and that the the golf cart i mean it's hilarious that she owns a golf cart first of all but it also has like a sign on it that says miss patty's school of ballet (laughs) it's like a, a branded golf cart that i've never seen before but i love that she has it and this scene as a whole was really trippy it felt like Lincoln, you might miss it. Did they yeah. like throw it in because they needed a little more time in the episode? Did they talk too fast elsewhere? <laughs> it was so random, but I loved it. It wasn't my nomination yeah. <laughs> either, but I loved it. <laughs> they also, I don't remember exactly what she says, but she says something about like keeping in shape or like keeping slim or something mm-hmm. like that, which I thought was interesting, almost like they were like satirizing their own fat phobia in the Mm. show like with miss patty saying that Mm -hmm. but then they were also kind of making fun of her but not in a i don't know they don't make fun of her in a disrespectful way the same way that they talk about fat people in other situations so it was interesting complicated yeah definitely and it seemed like a lot of like older men who were the walkers which i thought was interesting as well and that she's like she gets to rest and boss them around. This like kind of like a dominate. I don't want to say dominatrix <laughs> necessarily, but that is often the vibe Miss Patty has is someone very yeah, like empowered and having authority <laughs> over other people in a very like sultry and charming way. And she's a delightful character. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she hadn't dabbled in dominatrix stuff oh yeah i just didn't want to imply that's what she's doing in this scene (laughs) that we see i don't know but elsewhere in her life almost absolutely but after we pass this little moment um luke goes back upstairs and we find out that jess needs to have his music blaring to sleep which i thought was just cute Mm -hmm. and like such a teenage type of thing yeah um but yeah luke says that they're gonna go um apartment hunting or and jess has to go with him so yeah i actually placed my rory's bookshelf nomination in this scene because i couldn't quite pick out a reference elsewhere that i felt like nominating and i noticed in the scene like you said it's endearing to me because of the sleeping with the loud music but I also noticed that Jess had fallen asleep holding a book so when Luke wakes him up to complain about the music or the living space Jess's book like kind of falls out of his hand or something I thought that was also such a cute quality of him that like he's listening to this really loud stereotypical teenage boy music but he also fell asleep while reading which as a book nerd, is very attractive to me. So <laughs> I just thought that was fun, and I wanted to highlight that portrayal of reading again in the show and as a quality of Jess's as well. I like that part of his character, obviously. Yeah, so multidimensional. <laughs> and I like that they're also... <laughs> this is, might be such a trivial thing to many people, but like portraying bookners in as multiple types of people Mm -hmm. like usually you get the book nerd and it's just kind of like a rory type of character but here we also get the like kind of badass like you know uh bad influence type of person who's also 
a reader. Exactly. And it's great. <laughs> the next day opens with the continuation of this living space issue. Jess and Luke are bickering about the apartments that they viewed thus far in that day. And again, I thought this was like pretty cute interaction between the two of them. Like, I like how much Luke wants Jess's input. I like how indecisive Luke is about all these different apartments. They're both picking up on these like details that are so silly, like if it had a cat uh, if there's pink paint, like all of these little things and the back and forth between them just like displays how they're growing closer and, you know, caring for each other, even if neither of them would really want to put that into so many words. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also a great kind of indicator of their relationship because I feel like Jess hasn't really ever had much say in where he's lived before. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like Liz asked him often they probably just moved in with her boyfriends or whatever at the time and he obviously didn't have a say in coming to Stars Hollow but now Luke is like giving him a say in what apartment they live in Mm -hmm. and I just like that yeah it's a good parenting move (laughs) and Jess even says what you're getting at there like he says I no one asked me if I wanted to move to Stars Hollow so just pick a place and I'll go there but I think Even though he says that, of course, I think underneath that he, even if it's only subconsciously, he at least at some point somewhere in his mind is appreciating that Luke is asking for his input, even if it's annoying him in this current moment, you know? (laughs) Part of me also wondered if Luke's like level of like nitpicking the apartments and being insistent about wanting Jess's input is like in part at least a percentage of him like feeling avoidant of finding a new place like did you sense this like resistance that he had to finding a new apartment is that just him being like a curmudgeon or whatever or is is there like a deeper reason I don't know I don't know I mean we've seen Luke like in multiple situations hate change so I kind of feel like Maybe it is just a curmudgeon thing, but I guess he also, like, he still has his sentimental attachment to his apartment because his dad, it was his dad's, I don't know, maybe he doesn't want to fully give up his bachelor life. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I think all of those could be reasons why he is so hesitant in this way and really needs, like, the contribution contributions from Jess and then later Lorelai to get like the motivation to really go for it, which we'll see how that ends yeah. <laughs> later on. But Jess leaves Luke at this point to go be punctual for his gutter cleaning duties. <laughs> of course, because, you know, he probably just wants to see Rory. <laughs> and um, when Jess arrives... It's going to be hard to describe this because so much of it was like unsaid, but I was just so impressed by the interaction between Jess and Rory. He knocks Mm -hmm. and she answers the door. He throws a CD at her and says here while she says, hey, and it's like the shags. And he just says, trust me. (laughs) And that was like the most boring description of the scene. I'm sorry, but (laughs) it was like. Their chemistry is just so subtle, but so there. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Yeah, they like know each other's tastes already. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that Je- that Luke or that Rory <laughs> and Dean have never had. Yeah. They've always like Rory's always been trying to convince Dean of her likes and dislikes and vice versa, but here like Jess and Rory are just already on the same page and they are just like I don't know, there's so much like subtle flirting yeah. and tension between them. He asks her if she changed her hair and of course she hasn't, but that like is just a kind of makes her self conscious and then gets the gets both of them started, I don't know, with physical chemistry kind of <laughs> and awkwardness. <laughs> it's kind of it's funny because it like him asking if she changed her hair is alluding to the fact that he is so observant you know like he's always watching her he's interested in her but it's kind of funny because she didn't so it's like well you are observant but not it it wasn't I don't know but (laughs) they overall they just seem so like relaxed and natural with each other and maybe to the defense of her earlier relationship part of the nervous awkwardness of her and Dean is very much that whole first relationship aspect where maybe Rory has ironed out some of those like things earlier on but I still would argue I don't think our listeners would that be that surprised to be like part of the relaxed and naturalness of the two of them is just so because of they're like they're just so well suited for each other I feel in my humble opinion (laughs) yeah I agree and it's just like it's so easy, which also makes it much harder for Rory to like admit what's happening and like actually make the moves to break up with Dean. Which yeah, of course she doesn't for a good while. <laughs> it is a balance between her relationship with Jess being so easy and progressing mm-hmm. so quickly versus how much conflict it causes in her life with almost every other relationship like the only other person who would be happy about it would be luke it seems at this point you know i bet lane would be happy about it yeah i don't i don't know have we seen lane and jess interact very much i think briefly in a in a class like he sat behind her at one point but no, we haven't, and we should see them because they go to school yeah. together. So yeah, that'd be a great way to see them interact. I feel like they would also get along really well too, and just talk about music the whole time. Definitely. <laughs> anyways, so Jess is there, and Lorelai comes up, and like everything kind of stutters to a halt, <laughs> including Jess himself. And Lorelai attempts to start a conversation with her normal like banter and wittiness and Jess responds monosyllabically which then kind of aggravates Lorelai Um, but he heads out to start doing his work and then Rory goes and talks to him and kind of confronts him about not talking to Lorelai just like she had talked to Lorelai the night before about not giving Jess a chance and we get a similar kind of conversation trajectory, which ends up with Jess or with Rory saying, if you care about me at all, you'll, I don't know, give Lorelai a chance, which then prompts Jess to be like, care about you. And Rory babbles and again, refuses to admit that she has any sort of 
interest even she doesn't even say that they're like she can't even say that they're friends which Mm -hmm. i think is just a like a like not a red flag but like a huge sign that something else is there absolutely (laughs) and throughout this conversation he's like looking at her so intently it it makes me think about recent conversations i've read about like what makes like masculine characters like what connects with an audience in a good like romantic lead and the a recent example was like hot priest and fleabag and it's like what makes him so attractive to people (laughs) and it's beyond just like the good looks or the forbidden love of a priest but that's not so bad um but his trait is that he listens so much he like actually hears Mm -hmm. and sees fleabag and that is the like captivating quality and i just think that jess has that for worry like he sees her he listens to her and it's just so appealing like for rory and for us as the viewer at least for us you know we are team jess in a way (laughs) so i just wanted to comment on that because i feel like he's really seeing her in the scene and he's really like through the questions he's also alluding to the fact that he's like I see you, I know, I recognize these feelings you have for me, mm-hmm. and you're not willing to admit them yet. So he's, like, poking at her, like, why do you care if your mom likes me? When it's like, he knows why she cares. Yeah. As she walks away, he also just, like, gives a little smile, and it's yeah. so adorable. <laughs> this was partially my Gazebo Moment nomination Ooh. as well. It is, like, the end of this scene where Jess, like, smiles, like you said, at the end of this conversation. And then it cuts to, <laughs> this is the poor Dean moment. And so it's, like, <laughs> Jess kneeling down, smiling, and then, bam, we cut to Dean. He's just sitting on the steps looking <laughs> so dejected, looking so bored. And I am nominating this for the editing of these two scenes back to back. The juxtaposition is hilarious, but also it really demonstrates the changing nature of Rory's relationships. You know, that Jess is smiling and happy after their conversation, but meanwhile, when Dean is with Rory, their relationship is becoming, like, stagnant, basically. They're both kind of, like, Dean is tired of waiting for her at the book sale, Then when they want to go see Lord of the Rings, Rory's tired by that suggestion. Like everything about the two of them together is just feeling tired, even if they don't want to admit it. And I think they just did a really good job putting those two, like the two scenes back to back, but also the two like images of Jess followed by Dean. It was chef's kiss. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. I also, Dean, like, yeah, I feel sorry for Dean in this moment, but also... He's sitting there surrounded by books. Mm -hmm. And sure, I could understand being sick of looking at them, Mm -hmm. like going through and looking at new books, but he could grab a book and just (laughs) read it. (laughs) I know. That's entertainment right there. Yeah. When I say poor Dean, I mostly mean he's like pitiful, you know? Yeah. I don't truly have that much sympathy for him because it's like, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Also, the thing is, I think it shows why their relationship is just faltering or struggling. Because first of all, if Jess was there, he would be into the books like Rory would want. But second of all, 
couples can be together and have separate interests. I don't think I'm mm-hmm. the first person to say this. And it's like, if you do have separate interests, Dean doesn't have to be there at the book yeah. sale. Like their quality time could look like something different and they're just not succeeding at establishing that right now you know yeah it's like you don't have to be there dean you could hang out another time and do something both of you actually like but do you even have that anymore that's the big question that's true probably been making out yeah which i guess is like a big reason for teens to be together (laughs) it's true i do have my rory's bookshelf moment at this book sale but not for a book for (laughs) um dean's mention of lord of the rings and wanting to go see lord of the rings again Mm -hmm. i would have gone to see it again because i would have gone to see that movie again in theaters a million times Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i for our listeners who don't know am a lord of the rings fan to say it lightly i (laughs) when i was in elementary school before the movies came out my friends and i learned elvish or we attempted to. I wish I remembered it, but I don't remember any of it. But I also, when I was in college, studied abroad in New Zealand so I could go to all of the movie sites. So I love that. I am a fan of Lord of the Rings. And I'm also nominating this specifically this week because um, this coming weekend from when this airs, the new rings of power shows can be out mm. on amazon prime and i'm so excited i was super worried that the show would be terrible but everything i've been seeing from it makes it look like it's going to be really awesome so oh, i'm good. very excited i hope it doesn't disappoint that makes me think the new game of thrones spinoff oh, also yeah. came out recently i haven't decided yeah. if i'm going to watch yet or not because i was really disappointed like many others by the final season but yeah. apparently it was their HBO's biggest premiere viewing ever, which mm. makes me think all the people who are complaining about the final season on Twitter, like I was, decided at some point that they were just going to forget about it and watch more Game of Thrones content. And I didn't yeah. realize that was the game plan. So I'm reassessing, like, will I watch it? <laughs> I am one of those people. I did watch <laughs> it on Sunday. <laughs> and I'm holding judgment. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a... Uh, interesting first episode and the casting is great so far the storyline and some of the choices they made that I, that they've always made in game mm-hmm. of thrones like with the kind of portrayals of misogyny and uh equating that 100 percent to the middle ages stuff mm-hmm. and using the middle ages as an excuse for misogyny in fantasy literature and mm-hmm. shows I have a bit of a problem with, but we'll see how it goes. First time, shame on them. Second yeah. <laughs> time, shame on me if I keep watching their content. Like, yeah. are they going to improve? But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I I will probably, I'm, I'm a sucker. I'll probably watch this whole season. If the whole season is bad, I might not continue. But I also might. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know. You know, <laughs> we're loyal people. What can we say? Here we yeah. are recording a Gilmore Girls podcast yeah. years yeah. later from watching it the first it's time. True. So, yeah. <laughs> we interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor. This week, your hosts here at Talking Fast are going to turn the tables. Instead of being sponsored by one of Stars Hollow's proprietors, we are doing some free advertising. 
all in the name of providing the town hooligan with some gainful employment. The seasons are about to turn, and with autumn comes rain. And you know you never got around to cleaning out your gutters in the spring like you're supposed to. So you might as well do it now before another layer of fallen leaves adds to the geological stratification of your gutters. Seriously, if an archaeologist can date when you accidentally shot that hair tie onto the roof by the layers of sediment in your gutter, it's time to call help. And that means sucking it up and calling Jess Mariano. He'll do the job and he'll do it in silence, which saves you the embarrassment of finding out the 17-year-old has actually read all of those books you have on your shelf. Who knew that people actually read the books they buy? (laughs) Our only advice? Keep your teenager out of the house for the duration unless you want them to have a sexual awakening that can only lead to trouble and literacy. Anyways. Yeah, back to the book sale that we're at when Rory and Dean go to check out. uh, Dean, like... I guess he just sees her hand, I would assume, her wrist, (laughs) but he notices she's not wearing her bracelet and like immediately is like, you're not wearing your bracelet. Why'd you take it off? It was sudden and he was worried very quickly. Yeah. The way that he said it, it just made me think of like a man asking his wife why she took off her engagement ring or something like this Mm -hmm. is my sign of possession over you and you're not wearing it mm-hmm. and she lost that at the a tisket a tasket episode which was i think two episodes ago now two weeks prior they say at some point yeah. in the episode so yeah two episodes i think and then two weeks ago so she's been missing it for a while i think that says a lot about her that she didn't notice it yeah but also like i mean dean didn't notice but as as soon as he did, yeah, he just became possessive and mm-hmm. started reading into it. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's definitely, it's got some good irony to it, like, a lot of Dean's jealousy so far in this <laughs> yeah. season. Like, I think prior to rewatching for the podcast, I'd always just been like, oh, Dean is so jealous, and that's it. But it actually is, like, a little bit more nuanced and irony than I recall in that, I never excuse his behavior. Like, it's bad. It's definitely red flag city. But it's just so ironic that underneath that, it is like, <laughs> oh, you do have reason to panic because Rory yeah. didn't notice it for two weeks. And I don't know about you, but if I wear, I even notice if I wear like a ponytail around my wrist, you know, not a ponytail, a hair tie, a hair tie. <laughs> it's like I notice things on my body and for her to not, have noticed it for two whole weeks is saying something about their relationship yeah yeah if I and she's not somebody who seems to wear a lot of jewelry so like if I have any sort of jewelry on I'm like playing with it throughout the day like I definitely am aware of it all the time and especially if it's something you wear all the time if you don't have it on you kind of feel like naked in a sense like Mm -hmm. you're missing something so yeah it's pretty I don't know, interesting that she didn't notice for this whole time. Yeah. Also, like you say, the the sign of possession or sign of like loyalty or their relationship, the fact that they have an object for her to wear, I feel like is mm-hmm. fairly common. Um, and the bracelet, it just makes you think about like 
when he says you never take it off and then to think back to the two episodes ago when she took it off like in the presence of Jess and it doesn't it was like it must have just even like passed not she probably didn't even consciously notice it there but Mm -hmm. this is just a long way of saying there's definitely some deeper meaning like metaphorical symbolic whatever you want to say about her removing the thing like while she is with Jess not noticing the thing is gone and then only being reminded of the thing being God when Dean brings it up and then he then she has to find the thing but even once she's found it it's like the thing is so lost if you know what I mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) I didn't think that I don't know I mean I'd have to go back and watch that episode but I don't think she took it off Mm. I feel like she was maybe playing with it and it fell off because I don't see how you could possibly take it off and not be conscious of it. Mm -hmm. But even if it fell off, that has symbolism. The great fall. She fell for Jess and the bracelet fell off too. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Symbolism. Mm -hmm. Some good stuff. And her excuse is that she had a rash. Yeah. Which I think is a silly excuse because... Dean could probably see her wrist and you would be able to tell if there was a rash or not. But, you know. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, it would be too obvious. (laughs) But we don't really get the conclusion of that conversation because the next thing we get, we're back at their house and Lorelai is pulling out some Chinese food leftovers about to get lunch, I guess. And... Kind of recalling what Rory had asked of her, she goes and asks Jess if he would like to have any. At first, he says no, and then he recalls what Rory had said to him and Mm -hmm. decides to go and kind of have this, like, piecemeal between them. And they seem to be having a good conversation, like, they're just kind of talking normally about the food and stuff. And then Rory bursts in yelling and freaking out about the missing bracelet which breaks up this I would say a nice moment between Mm -hmm. Jess and Lorelai like they were actually they weren't friends obviously but they were being polite and civil to each other so that was a step in the right direction it was one step forward and then you just know the ominous like two steps back or more than two steps back that is about Mm -hmm. to happen oh yeah it reminded me quite a lot of the like narrative that they do for like Emily and Lorelai pretty often where they have that like moment of common ground the connection only for it to be reversed by something else it's like if you read the Netflix bio of the episode I think (laughs) you know that this isn't gonna go so well even if it is at this moment which is just too bad because they were both like keeping up with each other pretty well Mm -hmm. yeah maybe they would have potentially realized how similar they were but no that can't happen so pretty much from this point on they're all looking for the bracelet Lorelai and Rory are both freaking out about it Lorelai even I guess later that day maybe is at the inn looking for it uh Michelle is I think justifiably teasing her about it I guess Lorelai had called and asked him to look for it And he hadn't found it. And then Lorelai showed up to look for it. And so he was making fun of her for, is that micromanaging or something? Yeah, for not (laughs) Not believing (laughs) that he did. 
but he's like, I'll send you my dry cleaning bill because I was like crawling around <laughs> the ground where a bunch of people walk with dirty shoes and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also, when we're at the inn, get a call from Luke, who is like kind of exploding about his apartment search and he is insisting that Lorelai come and help him. Mm-hmm. I think that this is interesting, but she decides to go like supposedly she and Rory are in this huge crisis, but she drops it all to go and help Luke. So I think Mm -hmm. that just kind of shows not not that Rory isn't her priority, but that Luke and Rory are like almost equal in priority in some cases. So, yeah, I think we see who Rory gets her skills of denial from. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because when Lorelai shows up, she like almost immediately starts to pretend to be Luke's wife. Like Mm -hmm. the realtor assumes they're married. And then Luke starts to correct her. But Lorelai is just like, yes, yes, yes. And goes along with it. And then as as they're looking around this apartment, she's saying, um... Because Luke is thinking, you know, do I need this apartment? It has a two-year lease. Who knows how long Jess will be here. And if he does stay with me, he'll be here for another year before he moves after graduating. And it'll just be me again, alone. And Lorelai starts talking about how he's going to meet a lady friend. And it's like, hello, you're just pretending to be his wife. Why aren't you just going to admit that he's already met his lady friend? Like, it's you. (laughs) It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also, I really liked this apartment. I'm kind of jealous. It was it looked really gorgeous. Nice. It had like, um, like gabled or like alcoves around the windows. I don't know what that's exactly called, but like when you're on the top floor and the roof, yeah. kinda, you know, whenever the <laughs> roof is anything but like perfectly flat, I think mm-hmm. it's a cool roof. Like it was yeah, very cool I looking, agree. and they're like. <laughs> built-in bookshelves it was like really just big and it looks I would live there in a heartbeat yeah absolutely I did find it weird that there was a two-year lease I have never encountered that before well now that we know it's Taylor (laughs) yeah that (laughs) makes sense (laughs) I think I would like Taylor as a landlord (laughs) I thought we I thought this would come up (laughs) like I think that he would be really on it if you have a maintenance issue and as somebody who, like, I feel like I'm a pretty quiet neighbor. I'm sure my neighbors here are, like, my cats and stuff. And But I don't, like, play music super loud or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't run into any problems like that. And I'm sure he would be strict with everybody else about noise levels, <laughs> which would be nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's definitely a lot of pros and, like, a few cons His quality control, I do think, could be good, but I do think that he would be that type of landlord that would just, like, burst into your apartment. You know, I don't think he would abide by, like, a 24-hour advance rule, and I worry about his controlling nature as well as his, like, surveilling nature. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. He would probably be the one landlord to enforce the no things on the wall rule Mm, which mm -hmm. i've seen in every lease and every single place i've ever lived in i've put things on the wall yeah good luck getting a security deposit back from taylor (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) but anyways the main i think the main purpose of this scene is to show yeah luke and lorelei's chemistry and kind of play up the fact that 
everybody knows what's happening between them except for Lorelai and kind of Luke, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Lorelai gets back home from looking at the apartment and she sees Jess coming out of Rory's room. And I do like, to give Lorelai credit, I do think I would take notice of that as well Mm -hmm. if I were her like just to come to my home in general and someone else who isn't like a family member is inside I would take note of and like yeah sure he was supposed to be like outside with the gutters so I do think it would catch my attention like oh what were you doing here it was Rory's room specifically and then it's like you were looking for a book like sure sure I'm not yeah I get why she's like a little suspicious of this yeah I feel like of all the excuses, Jess's is pretty believable, but (laughs) I agree. Especially, like, I mean, just a teenage boy in a teenage girl's room. Just any sort of, yeah. You you never know what's happening in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you think, at this moment, what would have happened if Jess had just been, like, on it and explained, like, I did take the bracelet. I didn't know Dean gave it to her. I just kept mm-hmm. it because I like Rory and it reminds me of her. When I learned about its significance, I wanted to return it. Like, do you think Lorelai, yeah. how would Lorelai have responded to that? I don't know. I have a feeling she wouldn't have let him finish to get to the point where he was like, I realized how much it meant to her and so I gave it back. I feel like she would have latched on to the whole like he took it yeah and didn't give it to her in that moment and then because she wants to hate Jess like yeah she doesn't want there to be any reason to like him so I feel like she wouldn't let it get that far but it is possible that that could have saved (laughs) a lot of pain (laughs) yeah but I do think it goes against Jess's character to be like frank with authority figures he's suspicious of them and resistant to them sometimes for good reason and I think it'd also be likely that Lorelai just wouldn't believe the whole like he didn't know it was from Dean part and just be like well I don't buy that so that's true though honestly how could he have known it was from Dean right unless Rory had told him and then she probably would have remembered having a conversation about the bracelet with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, next we get a little moment with uh, Taylor kind of accosts Luke as seems to happen often and is asking him questions about the apartment application. So we find out that Taylor owns the building that the apartment was in. This is my Stars Hollow moment. This was mine too. <laughs> it's such a Taylor thing. And it like also just the idea of living in such a small town that one person could potentially buy up most of the apartment buildings in the town is such a, yeah, such a Stars Hollow thing. Taylor also has this ridiculous line. He says, the fascists have their fault, but their parks were spotless and I thought this was, you know, funny, almost crossing the line. It's not always great to make jokes about fascism, but it was still funny because Taylor, you know, is (laughs) But the thing, and the thing is, it's so spot on for Taylor's Mm -hmm. character. The joke is really about Taylor being so clueless that he thinks, like, say, you can't, 
you could just say like, oh, but I admire the fascist parks, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's so Taylor. <laughs> and for the same reasons that you said, I just thought it was like so stars hollow for Luke. Like, yeah, so you, you're just like trying to rent an apartment and then you happen to run into them and it happens <laughs> to be your frenemy. You know, it's like nowhere else would this happen. And I can just totally see Taylor doing this of buying up all these properties to try to make one singular aesthetic stars hollow front yeah. you know <laughs> um and to that point taylor mentions that he's interested in buying the flower shop that is next door to luke's and he's asking luke to change his sign because luke has kept the sign from his dad's original shop and how this is going to confuse the tourists and this is a bit this is a detail that will explain something that happens later but overall, I noted the theme of attachment to sentimental objects as an overall thing in this episode, Luke's attachment to his dad's sign, as well as like the overall space of the diner as belonging to his dad, and then the whole bracelet as the sentimental object of Rory's current mm-hmm. relationship too. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, during this scene, kind of got a flashback to... Jess's first day in Stars Hollow when he walks out of the diner and that This Is Hell song is playing. Mm-hmm. I kind of got that feeling that Luke was feeling that, especially when Taylor mentioned buying the building next to him, kind of like the walls closing in. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to think about how Luke would view Stars Hollow if he hadn't grown up there and moved mm-hmm. there because I think he would be almost identical to how Jess experiences it because there's yeah. some they have very similar experiences of the town but Luke has this weird attachment to it still despite so much of it seeming to make him grumpy <laughs> yeah yeah I wonder if there's like some way to read into that about like the effects of grief and stuff mm. and as you said, this is like sentimental because of his dad and also his mom. And yeah, I wonder if, if none of that had happened in his life, if he would have stayed in Stars Hollow. That's interesting. Yeah. I almost wonder if I could extend that to like Lorelai's attachment to Stars Hollow as well. It's not the same exact kind of grief, but her loss of her life mm-hmm. as she had probably expected it to be. And then her new life that is starting in Stars Hollow as, like, a mom of Rory and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And if if that same life would have been possible anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So if she were to leave Stars Hollow, like, would that make everything that happened there, I don't know, impossible, delegitimized, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Like all good arguments, they just kind of fizzle out to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in future, future questions can still be answered. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Something to come back to when one day we start writing blog posts about things. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so Rory <laughs> arrives home as well since she's been out looking around for the bracelet. And she encounters Jess and explains to him her worries about how things between her and Dean have been weird and Dean is going to read something into this situation. Um, I'm pretty sure Jess asks, should he read into this situation? Yeah. (laughs) Which is like, 
Yeah, because she should have noticed it was gone. Um, but then Jess subtly tells her, like, oh, you should really look again. Like, you should look in your room again. And lo and behold, when Roy does, she finds the bracelet. <laughs> and she tells Lorelai. And Roy is totally, like, not suspecting at all that had, that Jess had anything to do with this. And she leaves so that she can go tell Lane to stop praying, which I thought was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. And I wish that we'd seen the scene where Rory talked to Lane to ask this of her because that's a hilarious request. Yeah, um, I can just envision it. <laughs> yeah, but this, you know, luckily for us with Rory leaving, this is a perfect way for Lorelai to go yell at Jess about this. <laughs> yeah. And confront him. Yeah. And probably surprising nobody, this is my Friday night dinner, this scene. Um, Jess has just done something pretty selfless. Yeah. Like, yes, he did it in a very awkward, kind of suspicious way, but he did give the bracelet back, and he also did it without, like, claiming any sort of reward for it, pretty much, which I think is always a good sign. Mm -hmm. But Lorelai just kind of... She goes out, she asks if he's gonna if he wants to get paid. Her demeanor is so cold. Yeah. Like you can just tell that she's like gearing up for a fight. She's talking very sharply and she has an attitude <laughs> and she essentially ends up calling him a jerk and saying that he's jealous of Dean. And first off, I just think that's completely inappropriate for an adult to be telling to a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um and also, again, Lorelai needs to take a step back and not get so involved in Rory's relationships. She's just making things worse. And she's also making it again so that Rory won't tell Lorelai what's going on in her life, which we thought she had learned in season one when Rory didn't tell Lorelai about some stuff with Dean. Yeah, the first and, kiss, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Obviously, she hasn't learned that lesson because now she's kind of driving a wedge between them. Like, now Rory knows, and Jess also knows, if anything happens between them, then there's no way Rory can talk to Lorelai about it because Lorelai is never going to like Jess. And I just, I don't know. It was just completely out of line. It rem- Yeah, it reminded me a lot of when Lorelai yelled at Dean in Ducey's market like publicly mm-hmm. yeah and then it was like the crossing the line part was when she like is an adult publicly yelling mm-hmm. at a teenager you know and it's like this is a private moment with Jess but that doesn't make it any more appropriate for her to be interacting with him in this way like he's still like a kid and she's an adult and it really yeah. shows how similar both of them are in the way that they like lash out at other people <laughs> yeah um and I thought Jess's response was really good where he he responds like Lorelai says that's the most precious thing she owns and he's like then why did it take her two weeks to find out it was gone which kind of like put Lorelai like she kind of stops after that I guess but It was just a wildly inappropriate conversation, Mm -hmm. like you said. Yeah, Jess at some point, like, points out that maybe this is all a sign that Rory 
isn't as in love with Dean as Lorelai thinks she is. Yeah, he's like, you need to reevaluate how madly in love Rory is with Dean. It's just so weird to think, like, I it truly is, like, Lorelai, as much as Rory, if not more so, is so attached to this narrative of this, like, first love. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's comforting to Lorelai of, like, she was at first suspicious thinking Dean would be a Christopher for Rory. But then upon, like, getting used to him and growing to like him, she thinks he's, like, this perfect, stable boyfriend mm-hmm. that will be, like, there for Rory and the danger of Jess coming in is like, it's just she's so involved, like you said, and she really needs to remove herself. And she's, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. it's deep. <laughs> yeah. I think I've said it before, but I feel like part of the reason why Rory doesn't break up with Dean earlier is because of Lorelai's investment in the relationship mm. and like the town's re- investment in the relationship. And Rory, as we know, is like, very worried about how people see her and Mm -hmm. that people like keep this kind of innocent good girl idea of her even if Mm -hmm. she pretends to want to rebel against that yeah there is definitely that like comfort instability and aversion to change that is really like uh a quality of the town like you're saying like they're all about tradition and the mm-hmm. same events over and over again <laughs> and that's the same thing with their relationship as well and dean's like month anniversaries like yeah it's really about like yeah time passing but staying the same and any change to that would involve so much upheaval for like Mm -hmm. all the relationships and it's like is it really worth it (laughs) yeah the exact same thing is happening with luke in this episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it's all coming together (laughs) (laughs) so this whole show is just (laughs) anti-change yeah (laughs) until you steal a yacht and then then you can change (laughs) yeah or you don't realize you've changed until you steal a yacht (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's probably right (laughs) Mm mm-hmm but we, this scene just leaves with Lorelai and Jess pissed off at each other. Mm-hmm. And whatever progress we thought they were making earlier in the episode is completely gone. I don't think anything that Rory says to either of them is going to help. <laughs> um, but then we get Luke storming in right after this, yelling at Lorelai, saying, I just spent $100,000 and it's all your fault. I love <laughs> that line. Quite an entrance. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Luke is such a drama queen. I know. I love it. It runs in the family. <laughs> yeah, just that's too. true. <laughs> yeah. But after Lorelai kind of calms him down, it ends up that what Luke did was buy the building or the uh, storefront, I guess, next to his mm-hmm. that Taylor was talking about buying. So now he owns that whole little building piece, which I think is a great solution to his problem. Yeah. And he says he did it in a blind rage, which I thought was really funny. And he still seems to be winding down from this, like, blind rage because he is really startled when Lorelai says, like, you don't need to sell it. Like, you have a few options here. And he's Mm -hmm. like, go on. Like, he truly, like, (laughs) can't even logically process a situation anymore. He's so worked up. And she's talking about, like, you could um, sell it. You could rent it out. You could expand Luke's. 
et cetera, et cetera. And he starts to get calmed down. And he's like, I'll take some tea. And he's finally returning to the ground level of reality. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that, it just makes so much sense. I don't know why he didn't think of it before. <laughs> it really does solve his problem. Yeah. And that he doesn't have to go somewhere new. He can stay attached sentimentally to his space, but he can have peace from Jess's music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We also, in this moment, get um, Lorelai asking whether Jess has talked about Rory at all. And Luke says, no, not really, but he thinks that it would be great if something happened with them. He thinks that Rory would be really good for Jess. I have slight qualms with this. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's never a great thing when you are expecting one person to be the person that fixes somebody else. Right. And we know that that usually that labor usually follows on yeah. the feminine person in the relationship. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's clearly what Luke is expecting here. But also, I feel like he's also just kind of recognizing that they have things in common. Um and they would be good together mm-hmm. if they could just do it in a peaceful way. Yeah, like Luke's comment, Rory would be good for Jess. Like it reflects both his selfish interest in his own nephew, like growing mm-hmm. up. But then it also reflects his appreciation of Rory as like a stand up person. So I think yeah. it can it can be both, you know, like I have a problem with it, but I also think it's a nice thing to say. So. <laughs> I also feel like he if he didn't think Jess would be good for Rory, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't yeah. promote it because he's also like a father figure for Rory. So. Yeah, totally. The next scene is my gazebo moment and it's our final ending scene <laughs> for the episode. This also has my Jess sass attack. In it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're back at Luke's apartment and Luke just kind of storms in. He goes and finds a sledgehammer in his closet which i think is an interesting thing to have in your closet usually Mm -hmm. i feel like if you had a need for a sledgehammer you'd probably have like a backyard and (laughs) there but anyways and he walks straight over to the wall and just like breaks down the wall which i think is very symbolic jess is here now to stay luke Mm -hmm. is changing his life for jess and he tells jess that that's his his room to carry on yeah yeah that line was my sass attack moment because after like justice just sees luke grab this big tool (laughs) and he follows him immediately because he's like what is going on with luke and then he just watches him knock a hole into the wall and i mean luke is heated and he says that's your room finish up we'll hold hands and skip afterwards which is him repeating a line just said earlier the like we're go- oh we'll hold hands once we like buy our apartment together where just was mocking luke but now i love that luke is returning that to just and like genuinely surprising him in this moment but underneath it all is the fact that like you said luke is making room for the two of them mm-hmm. in this space which is very touchy <laughs> Yeah, it's permanent now. Yes. <laughs> that was a good episode. Mm-hmm. As a final thought, um, my Friday Night Dinner critique is more of just a complaint. <laughs> because I was trying to like think of a productive critique to make, and I really just found myself like complaining. So I was like, I'm just going to go <laughs> with it. I was like, 
I just, I'm tired of Lorelai and Rory not recognizing their feelings for Luke and Jess. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of Dean's only trait being jealousy. Um, I'm tired of Lorelai's like parenting decisions always like I'm tired of getting bothered by them (laughs) and it's just like I'm just in the mood to complain and I think it was partially because it felt like a bit of a filler episode but it was also like filled with my feelings about all of these things that are just like unresolved and I'm really feeling like desperate for some progress and Mm -hmm. resolution at this point in the season um so it was just like a general mood I was in um not really feeling like Maybe it's like I've made these critiques already. So I like, I don't know. But I was really on the same page with your critique, of course, of Lorelai's actions. Like I easily could have placed it there too. So just generally, like I'm, and though I'm phrasing it as a complaint, I'm also just like looking forward to the upcoming episodes. Like I like filler episodes still. Like we've talked about their role within a show, but it's like, I did just want to complain a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's justified. Like, it's so aggravating how long we have to wait for any movement on the Jess and Rory and Dean situation. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even longer with the Lorelai and Luke situation. Yeah. It's just... Remarkable. I, yeah. And I know that's part of, like, the charm of the show. It's mm-hmm. building all this tension. And it's kind of taking things in, like, a realistic timeline. Yeah. Unlike a lot of shows where things happen really quickly, but mm-hmm. still, it's aggravating. I think we just are really experiencing the slowest of slow burns by going yeah. episode by episode so per week. <laughs> it's like, yeah, usually it couldn't get much slower it. than this for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever watched episode by episode. I've always, I mean, since it went on streaming, I've always just watched like three or four episodes a night. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So, listeners, if you're also getting really aggravated by how slow this is going, let us know yeah. because we are in your boat as well. <laughs> yeah. And we are supposedly the captain of the boat, I guess, steering <laughs> us along. And we can only go so fast on these waters. <laughs> That's true. Which brings us to our usual plea to mm-hmm. uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Send us your thoughts to talkingfastpodcast at gmail.com. Um, follow us on Instagram and TikTok and send us your thoughts on those platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're glad to be back. Yeah. Again, apologies for my nasally voice. Hopefully it wasn't too bad. <laughs> I don't think so. We're all just rooting for you to feel better. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Talk to you next week. Yeah. See ya.